Hi, Matt. Hi, Ashley. And hello, listeners. Welcome to the 100th episode, the final episode of the AF High List. AF High List. Fuck, it's the last one and I got to mess it up. (laughs) (laughs) We made it to 100. We have watched 100 of the greatest American films of all time, as said by... The 1998 AFI list. And we were stoned the whole fucking time. I would say that I feel it. Yes. I feel it. So much time has passed. The many, many years of doing this. I don't know why. Because we had to fucking finish it, and we did. (laughs) You know, it truly is. It's like, what, four or five years ago, we were like, ha ha. Would it be yeah, funny if we? List. Yeah, would it be funny if we did that? What a funny name that two people on this planet understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the funny nature of it. Well, thank you, two people on the planet, <laughs> for knowing what the hell we're talking about. Because I swear, sometimes I don't know. This list has descended me into madness many, <laughs> many times. Man, am I thrilled across the threshy. It feels good. I feel like a different person. I feel like a course has been taken. I feel like a scholar. (laughs) This is the true graduation. This is my end of thesis. (laughs) You presented your thesis with all of the bumps along the way. Yes. And we did it. And so number 100 on the list is Yankee Doodle Dandy, which the title alone, I'm like, wow, they're like, just in case you're wondering, America. Patriotic. We like to be patriotic, <laughs> but here's a little song and dance show for you on your way out. Exactly. Yeah, we chose to do number one through 100, you know, in descending order, but like we mentioned, it's it's the 100 greatest. Yeah, it's not like any of these are supposed to be bad. It's like... It's not greatest to worst. Like, where is the switch? <laughs> uh, the middle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but these movies are still just as good. And we decided just because, you know, you start with Citizen Kane, I feel mm-hmm. like. And Everyone then, knows that that's... Exactly. That's supposed to be the best one. It's It's almost like the list is synonymous with number one. So when we work our way down. You yeah. Yeah. And then we just take way too long to do it. Years. Years. (laughs) But I'm really happy that we stuck with it. I think that true stoner nature is to like, haha, we had one, but we didn't finish it. Right. And it's so many movies. Like, it's not, but it is. Especially when you're taking the time to focus on stoner conversations about the movie, really fixate on it, then, then like have a conversation about it so it's not just watching the movie it's watching the movie having a conversation editing posting it then sharing it you know it's 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 a whole thing that you have to dedicate time to and let me tell you i don't know how your past couple of years have been <laughs> but that's really fucking hard to do my life's been fucking crazy so but i'm really happy that we did saw this like, shit through <laughs> we saw it through we had this as kind of a way to be like all right let's get our minds off some stuff and it'll be a nice window into the world in those four years we yeah. you know when i've healed enough to revisit them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm super excited that this is almost like a time capsule for us more selfishly um than it is for these movies but you know i bet we say a lot of silly shit along the way 
Exactly. And maybe some insightful nuggets as well. Yes. Some truths we've passed on to you. Little truth bombs. I hope you've gotten some education out of our run here. Yeah. Out of our hundred movies here. And our random thoughts and our tangents and everything like that. I feel like we need to be having like sparklers and like, I don't know, party hats on. The Christmas tree is The on. Christmas tree is lit. We have some lights around and we have, we are chilling in our living room with our heat at full blast. I don't care if it makes sound. I'm cozy. <laughs> it's winter time. It just snowed. <laughs> we started in the living room. We're ending in the living room, except it was the dining room. Yeah, but that apartment didn't have any rhyme or reason to any of it. So this is where we're meant to be in this moment. moment. Yes. <laughs> if the microphone works, because <laughs> I, like, I feel like everything's been hanging on tooth and nail to the end. And it's like, we're almost done. My computer's going to be like, thank you for not running all of those programs anymore. And I'm like, you're welcome, baby. Just rest. We are definitely taking it to the edge. We are to the point where it's like, like, we're scraping by to get to the end here. And I mean mentally. Yeah. I mean computer space-wise. I mean all of it. And, like, we are barely getting them in. But we got it in. Yeah. At the at the skin of our teeth, as they used to say. Now, Yuck. like, <laughs> it is hysterical that several episodes ago we were like, we're going to just, like, get these episodes out every other day leading up to the end because we wanted it to be done by the new year. You know what? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. We are like three days over and I'm like, I couldn't be happier. Done Sometimes, is done. Done is done. I would say my personal calendar every new year, I would say the third or the fourth is actually the first. Like I have, my calendar year has a couple extra days attached to December. Well, it's really totally the December thing. 32nd, 33rd, 34th, and 35th. Like, you need of a, a few extra days to kind of get to the first day. And then you need the like first week to really acclimate to the new year. And then you need like the first month for it to really feel like a different year. So like, yeah. you know, it's totally part of that tiered system. But it, it's done. We did it. <laughs> I feel like I'm weirdly going to have an easier time saying 2022 than I was, I was having with 2021. Like there really just felt like no distinction. Yeah. I was like 2020. No. One. Well, I feel like... <laughs> So much of what I have said in reference to the 2020s has been the 2020s because you really can lump yeah. those first two years in together. What a hopefully, covering. hopefully not 2022. <laughs> what a dynamic duo, am I right? <laughs> well, speaking of very performative all over the place things, let's dive into Yankee Doodle Dandy, placed specifically at number 100 on this list. It's kind of like the thing you see as you exit. Yep. You know, it's a razzmatazz thing. It's all about about Broadway. It's all about Broadway. I think, so, so much of, obviously, it's called Yankee Doodle Dandy. It's about the patriotism. It's about a guy who's writing Americana mm -hmm. songs and stuff like that. But more so than anything, this movie is a let's put on a show movie. Yeah. Yes, there's the patriotism there, but I think more than anything, this is, like, charismatic lead tries to put on a show. Yeah, I think it's just like a really talented person hits big with a patriotic song or a couple patriotic songs because those do well at, at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, like it, it kind of spans over this Broadway producer slash performer's life, which I didn't know was a real, because I've never seen this movie. Mm -hmm. Had you? Yeah, I had seen this once before. I did a deep dive on James Cagney. 
uh, in college because I took like a class. I took two classes. I took like a Warner Brothers class and I took like uh, a gangster movie class. And that was the art crossover. school. <laughs> um, and yeah, James Cagney came up in both of them, obviously, because there was like a gangster section in Warner Brothers. Um, so I, I fell in love with those movies in college. So then I sought out sort of the other ones, and this is often referred to as one of his big ones because it's He's on this list and it's like the, his vehicle. Yeah. yeah. So I, I caught that then. But watching it in the context of the list almost, it does feel like a different experience. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, I wouldn't say the Americana is actually heavy. It just starts like he's a Yankee Doodle boy because he was born on the 4th of July. You know, he 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 was like this performer family's new entry in. Like, it's a, a husband and wife du- comedy performing duo, and they're expanding. It's like how nowadays they have, like, lifestyle families, you know, on YouTube and stuff, like... That's a whole thing. Like, the whole family's in on the, the deal. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact kind of thing. It's Family just traveling roadshow. Yeah, yeah, it's a roadshow. <laughs> wow, we really should start examining the fucking, like, lifestyle gurus and stuff. I'm like, this is just a roadshow. It's show. just a roadshow you put on the internet. Very strange. <laughs> it's strange, but, like, the kids in this one, I feel like usually when it's stories like that, um, there's always a negative aspect to it. This was all very much like your dreams are supported and you're talented. Go, go, go. Yeah, and it's just about a guy who's never satisfied and just keeps sort of pushing it. As opposed to... He is fueling the hustle, not the hustle fueling him. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just being born into a showbiz family. And sort of like then the movie follows his exploits as he kind of leaves the family, as he goes off on his own, as he mm-hmm. finds big success... And sort of what that means to him and all the things he tries along the way for years. Because this movie follows this guy for 20 years of his life, almost. The the patriotism, I think, really comes out because it spans over two world wars. Yes. (laughs) Truly, yeah. So, it, it really... This guy is entertaining people during very difficult times. Yeah, and then also, too, on top of this, to kind of add the element, like, you know, that I like about exploring these movies on the AFI list is like this came out in 1941 so it's a window into this is what people were seeing at the movies you know right as World War II stuff was happening yeah I guess it didn't span over but yes no but no but the movie does span over it catches up to present day quote unquote uh, at the end of the movie well and there's also a very there's like the president is a character Mm -hmm. in the movie it's like this moment that this performer was given a like medal of honor from the president because of his creations his songs his uh pieces of theater like his performances it's it's the whole thing like he was a a true american Mm -hmm. because he was doing his craft yeah and i'm like that's pretty cool that like you're recognized you know for something beyond yourself yeah and so, like, if you're interested, like, I guess, to know, he's the guy that obviously did Yankee Doodle Dandy, um, Give My Regards to Broadway. Grand Old Flag. Grand Old Flag. And then, like, sort of the one he got the award for was Over There, which, which we're not familiar with. But that's the one I don't yeah. recognize. You don't really hear that one too much in Over pop- There, yeah. Over There. And I was like, huh? Like, yeah, that one's not so much in pop culture like Give My Regards to Broadway is. This, like, biography of 
this man is George M. Cohan. Cohan. So that's the guy he is portraying, which is kind of interesting to have like a little biography or biopic. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Because I didn't know this guy was, I didn't know like the details of his life. Yeah, I didn't know that like this guy who did these songs had like a story basically behind it. I think like we, some of these last ones, especially since we've seen so many of the other films, it's like kind of fun to pick tonally what is like the match to it. Do you have an idea of what you would compare it to? Well, I would say because of like the production aspect and the it, the fact that it is still like a musical because it features these songs a little bit singing in the rain a little bit. I would say it's like yeah, flirting with singing in the rain, but it's like jazz singer. Oh yeah, totally. Because it's about the behind the scenes of like a perform a successful performer, and um, <laughs> there's. Like, definitely minstrel stuff, and this is what... It's coming from a similar time, I feel like, or a similar reflection. Right, we're looking back on 1927 in this movie Mm -hmm. versus Jazz Singer, which was made and takes place in Yeah, so there's definitely, like, kind of an inspiration to that Jazz Singer, like, story of performance art. And singing and dancing. The dancing is crazy, but the dancing I do feel like is a little more singing in the rain, like the choreography. I think that's more of a heavily full musical versus how Jazz Singer was just his performances, like on stage. Yeah, we've got James Cagney in the lead here, um, mm. known for being a gangster, but really always wanted to do something He like just wanted this. to move that body. Yeah, he liked, he was a, originally like a song and dance man. And now he finally got to do it in a movie here. Yeah, he was like dancing so aggressively. And I guess that's like Cohan's style of dancing, like so rigid and like his legs were straight, but he was going so bouncing. Fast. It was yeah. crazy. And like... Cagney nailed it, I feel like. And they said he broke to his ankle two times, or twisted his ankle two times because he was trying to nail it so bad. And they, like, not to just do the Wikipedia stuff, but I thought it was interesting. They wanted Fred Astaire to do it. And Fred was like, I'm way too loose for that, and I ain't doing that. Yeah, he isn't messing up his The style thing. of dancing is so <laughs> vastly different. Yeah. And, and and thank God that he didn't do it because I mean I think James Cagney is oh easy. wonderful in I, this yeah. movie. It it really is getting letting his star shine. He gets to do the fast talking and he gets to do the funny quirky guy stuff like. Yeah. But then also yeah, he's a really fucking good singer and dancer as well. His character and his whole show output is effortless. Yes, he is that character. Yes, he just is walking through it, and he's so. His family's so kind of silly and not serious. And I think it's funny they like there's a kid actor playing him like earlier on it. We see his literal life mm-hmm. growing up or whatever. And I just thought prodigy children are insufferable. And he was. Yeah, like he the was. whole thing about him was he was so insufferable as a kid. He like wanted to be a big tough businessman at the time he was like eight. Yeah. And he's bossing around meetings and like getting losing his family's opportunities because he's such a fucking mouth and he He's just like, thinks he deserves more and everything but like good for him because they never it seemed like they hustled but they were successful and then he made it 
And then he pushed, and he pushed, he pushed until he got exactly what he thought he was going to get. But it's like he was so aggressive that it is off-putting. Oh, yeah, exactly. Insufferable is a good word for how he was as a kid. Little kids just being annoying, like they know everything, and you're just like, you don't know shit. And then he got beat. He got beat up by all the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, like kind of woke him up a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, because he doesn't really change oh, that yeah. much. He's like an adult shit as well. Um, but there is something to be said about like the cocky people that are cocky because they are good at the thing they yeah. know they're good at, and it's like, well, he is though. He is kind of like this Broadway. Yeah, supposed and it's to like, be. Is he in supposed Broadway. to dim his light? And I'm like, no, but you don't have to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you have to be insufferable. <laughs> But he really isn't that, like, as he grows into no. an adult, he does become a really likable character. And He's like, just a frustrating creative. Exactly, you know, and it's it's the stuff we all kind of feel, too, where we all get in our own way all the time. So that's what, but he is really an endearing character by the end. Like, or not by the end, by the time he's more of an adult and on his own. Yeah, because, like, the difference between, like, something like a jazz singer is, like, there is conflict within the family and, like... He He's torn to, between worlds. Th- this truly is, like, follow your dreams through their full potential path. Because he is a singer-dancer in the traveling troupe. Then he makes his own theater and he starts writing his own songs and producing his own shows and directing them. And, yeah, he's a big producer with a partner so he just like naturally grows with the business. He tries it all. And so he's starring in his own productions and then he just produces and then he retires. He's like, I'm done. And then he goes back. So it, at, a, at a different level, like he is asked to play the president. And that's like the whole thing. Like that was a big deal because he's like one of those legend actors. And we see him much older kind of like talk to young kids and they don't know who he is yeah and it's tied to like the last movie we watched too like uh, struggling with your identity as an old man in exactly society. like yeah <laughs> navigating a new world basically um yeah and it, it again it's never the way they play it in this movie it's never like he's insufferable here either no. but like his at that time then wife who we see as like his girlfriend his muse mm-hmm. uh during the early parts of his life in this retirement spot is like pushing him to do it. And he's like, gonna do it. You know what I and mean? He's it's like, a, I already did it. And she's like, you dog. Yeah. He wasn't just being like a miserable fuck. Like, you know, I did They don't deserve me, you know, or something like yeah. that, you know? And that was really refreshing to see that he was like fun about it. I feel like we've been talking so much about communication in the last couple episodes, and this film does feel like there's also clear lines of communication. Yes. There's like a coercion. For sure, because he coerces people into like doing his show, and he kind of puts the charm on, and he's a fast he's talking a talker. dude, <laughs> and so it's a little manipulative, but it is clear. I would say it is like truthful, and there, there is a, an intent that is real. It's basically like we believe that we're going to put on a really good show and make some money doing it, and you're like the perfect fit for it. That that's the kind of pushing there is. It's like confidence. Yeah. Yeah, it's hustling, getting a money man behind the show and an actress to be the star of the show. You know, you got to do a little bit of that. Um, But like, yeah, basically other than that, it's like what you see is what you get. It's really interesting that like this entire movie goes on and I don't feel like there's a ton at stake ever. Like there are things happening, but I just never feel like there's a rough moment. 
for yeah. anything to overcome. I, even he, he, I feel like it's about this character's almost sunny disposition on life, but like a struggling artist type. Mm-hmm. And even when he, he, he gets the critique of, yeah, he's good, but he can only make comedies. He can't do dramas. Well, then he's like, I'm going to make a drama. Well, he does a drama for the wrong reason and it's bad. And then, but he doesn't even like let that get to him. He just like is going to put out a telegram. That owns it. That owns it. That's like, it's bad. We only have this many shows. And you know, people probably went to those shows because the director said it was bad. Yeah. It was like, well, we, you know, we made a mistake. In every he's making the most out of it. And he's not running from the critique. And I think that is like, it's really important quality to have from like kind of a crazed, obsessed creative because it's like you're going to eat yourself alive if you just focus on that negative time. It's like, nope, you took a gamble. And sometimes when you take a gamble for the wrong reasons, it, it just like, work. it don't work. You And you can't see clearly because you're focused on something else mm-hmm. instead of the authentic creation. Like that one, he had a success by using Mary, like, based on his wife or whatever. And he just was genuinely making that. Yeah, it was a song. And then it turned into something bigger. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the benefits of it being sort of a biography, is that we don't get hung up on some big antagonist or big downfall, like, situation. I know some biographies will have that, if that's what happens with the character. But this character is just like sort of an eccentric or whatever, and we just sort of follow him along on his adventures, and that's I think I think a benefit of it being you know you can get away with it because it's biographies, so you don't have to get hung up on those things, and they don't get shoehorned in. Yeah, and like we're not focusing on like his actual divorces, like the, that woman doesn't exist; she's a combination of two people. You know, like those are just random things about the real guy. But I'm just speaking on the character. I think it streamlines it. Like, we don't need to, like, focus on, like, his divorces or his political scandals at the time. You know, it it just doesn't really do anything for the purpose of this story. The purpose of this story is just, like, this guy was a guy who created things and was given a Medal of Honor. Never gave up and did the thing he was really good at. And, like, you know, now, and then he's also known for making these songs. Like, I didn't know where... Get my go-to from. Yeah. Like, I know what that song is, but, like, I don't know where I know that from. It's probably referenced in every Broadway thing. It's pop culture. It's pop culture. And then Yankee Doodle Dandy. I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Like, we know what that is. Grand Old Flag, I was surprised. It was so patriotic. I'm like, yeah, you know, that feels like a very kid. Yeah, a kid song. Saying it's cool. <laughs> yeah, there was that section of the middle of the movie where it is sort of the I forget what they call it, but where it's all the songs. It's like a, it's a medley of different songs yeah. from like his plays at this specific time. He's with basically have, it's like the montage of his creations. Yeah, and it's like his all his um, super patriotic songs in a patriotic show kind of all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was when we were watching this movie, I was like, oh my god, this must have got people so fucking like hard yeah. at the time because it just like in the movie like it obviously they talk about the songs, it has moments of it, but it really doesn't linger that much. Like yeah. that that almost feels like a like a build up of 
you know, all the patriotism you can shove in one scene. Well, then also, <laughs> it gives you kind of the release. It gives people the release when he, like, the war is announced, basically. Or, like, the full-on entry and, like, people are enlisting. And he's 39 at the time. And he goes to enlist and they're like, no, dude, you're too old. And then he, like, makes a point to dance and fucking, like... They're like, keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah, like, he's like... We need you to do that. He's like, oh, am I too weak to do this? Like, because he's so strong or whatever. And, like, he's got endurance because he's a dancer. And then everybody's, like, cheering and stuff. So I think that also is the thing. It's like, he made a point to go try and enlist. And, like, this is his way of contributing or whatever. Yeah. I think that's where the patriotism lends itself yeah and so much of this like like we were talking about like it takes place there the wraparound and it gets caught up to modern day in 1941 but so much of this movie like like his success and you know really finding his own footing being becoming a household name of his time was during world war one yeah so that's what's all taking place that is like sort of what's feeding mm-hmm. this patriotism at this time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, then the, the movie's commenting on sort of how it lasts all the way until World War II again. Yeah, much older, much more, like, kind of somber. Yeah, like, here we are, here mm-hmm. we are again type After thing. After all the, this time, like, things are, the world is so different, but it's exactly the same. Yeah. Kind of thing. There's always going to be a need for this mm-hmm. i will say just as like a funny note to it i thought it was hysterical that like he's obviously being trying to get plays produced and stuff so he keeps like kind of trying to swindle uh, people into paying for his plays that's a fun <laughs> paying for his plays. you said it effortlessly i would have got some twisted no doubt i usually do <laughs> uh, but it's all these dudes and multiple times it happens where they're like you want me to spend all of my wife's money on this? They they yeah. make the joke, but it's not a joke. I think it's multiple people. It's like all these rich dudes are using their wives' money, old family money, and, and I think that's hysterical. <laughs> these are the only people that can afford to be. You producers. want to know how fucking old white dudes got rich? They just like bought traded pokemon women (laughs) you know and like added to their wealth right it's like what the fuck you didn't you stole all their money (laughs) to do plays that are basically gambles it seems like (laughs) 50 50 for all these guys just put on a play like how hysterical though so yeah yeah, it's just all those dudes being like i can't spend my wife's money like that uh that one guy's line the second guy (laughs) they try to get or whatever when he's like when he's he says uh What's wrong with my wife's money? Why <laughs> is it any worse than his wife's money? Like, they yeah. are, he's also acknowledging that they all are using their wife's money. I feel like that is definitely... Such self-awareness. That's like definitely a later commentary on it. Mm. I think they were like, oh, Broadway was fueled by men who used their wife's money. Yes. Like, that was probably, like, just a... Hindsight is 20, tiny. Yeah, yeah, like, looking back, being like, oh, my God. It's so All funny. these fucking guys. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, I thought that was just so smooth and funny. Yeah, me too. I thought that it cracked me up in this. I really do think that Cagney is very effortless cool oh i'm burping a little bit i had a little bit too much fun celebrating this final we are celebrating i've had a fizzy a little seltzer today i'm going off hell yeah (laughs) also drugs (laughs) yeah also doing some drugs today yeah Yeah, we we kicked it old school and we 
had a portion of a freedom fudgy revolutions freedom yes. fudgy that was uh that was an early like illinois legalization item and we haven't had it in a very long time i would say an early um afi list yeah because I feel like we popped those a bunch in that old apartment doing some of these yeah, episodes. Yeah, we really had to cope, you know, <laughs> to get out of there. Um, I think we popped a lot of Freedom Fudgies, so it was fun to... Oh my gosh, patriotic! <laughs> hey, we did it on purpose. We did it on purpose for sure. We're so cheeky. I also feel like this movie was like a perfect kind of New Year's movie. It does feel... There's one quick New Year's scene in the movie, but yeah. it also just like that fireworks and Americana, sort of the stuff that comes along with 4th of July always comes along with New Year's, so it also feels fitting. Now. Well, it's like 4th of July is celebrating the mid-year. It's like the mid-year yeah. celebration. True. It's the summer solstice, the winter solstice. That's kind of like the vibe. It's, it's a celebration. Celebration in the sun, celebration in the dark. Yeah. Basically. It's, that That's what it is. And so, yeah, I do feel like... I feel like, yeah, there's always that, like, country celebration of a new year. Like, every country, I feel like, celebrates the new year. Exactly. Yeah, they're <laughs> in all, their, their own, own way. Yeah, so, like, this, this totally was, like, a fun way to kick the door in on the new year. Yeah, so it's a little celebration. It's the last one. We got our Christmas lights on. It's also gentle. There's nothing really, like... There's nothing to process during the movie. It's like, this guy sings and dances well. And this is what he did. It's not going to make my gut sick. I'm not going to get <laughs> mad at something. I'm not going to yeah. get fucking, like, I'm going to be falling asleep. I'm just like, well, here we go. Put on a show. We put on a show. <laughs> I do always love a film that takes me through the steps of putting on the show. Oh, yeah. It's so infectious to watch somebody who is totally... Driven by, like, their thing. Yeah. Their thing they're into, the thing that they know they could put out in the world. And just, like, yeah, sort of convincing other people to come along for the ride and, like, let's put on a show together. Yeah. That whole vibe. Like, it really is fun to watch and, like, break down the process, the creative process and stuff. I think it was really funny the way he, like, gets his the love interest in it. She comes in and she, like, wants to ask for, like, advice on going to new york and pursuing acting and singing and dancing and he's dressed like an old man so she assumes he's an old man and he's gonna have all this wise information and <laughs> slowly he starts taking off his beard and his butt down. and her face is so shocked yeah but, like he commits to it so much and then he slowly starts dropping his voice and like becoming him it, he really leans into like the chameleon style this guy's a natural born performer. Yeah. He loves doing it. He loves it. And she loves him for it. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, this is just you. You can go in and out so easily. She's like, you fooled me, but you did such a good job fooling me. She's like, I'm amazed by that. What the hell's happening? <laughs> Very funny. Very silly. Yeah. I think there was just like a lot of good silly intentions in this one. If you've never seen Yankee Doodle Dandy. It's like sweet. And endearing. I would, say, I would say by far the most expensive rental on this list. <laughs> yes, it was what like four dollars. What the fucking like whatever, but like no, I don't care. Some of these have been like a dollar ninety nine because they're old as fuck. But this one's like a pristine old one, apparently. <laughs> it's like excuse you, nineteen forty two. Why are you three ninety nine? Do you understand? Why are you a dollar more than all your other brethren? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. 
And it's only like two hours. It's not even like a four-hour epic. No, you're not paying for more time. What am I doing there? Yeah, it was pretty spicy. <laughs> I wonder if this one really has any kind of lasting sort of popularity besides people knowing kind of the songs. Maybe James Cagney so. as like being a revered But again, movie star. like you said, he is so much more... Than just this. He he's way more. I feel like remembered for gangster stuff, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why it's a little more because it's just not maybe as rented as some of like The Graduate and Gone with the Wind and stuff like that. Yeah, I I feel like this was the only time I will probably watch this. Well, this was yeah already the second time that I had watched well, this. Yeah, like you had to, and you were like, I've seen that before. You weren't like gunning to put it on your list again, right? Yeah, I don't know, though. I feel like I might watch this again. All right. But not, like, in a rush. What if it's on TV? Yeah, I wouldn't turn it on. If it's on TV on New Year. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the movies on the list could be New Year's (laughs) movies. Because they're just classics. And they're about some sort of a change or refreshing yourself. Like, all these themes. Evolution. Evolution, yeah. Changing of times, whatever. Like, they are synonymous with sort of those New Year's tropes. So yeah, absolutely. I feel like a bunch of these could be watched for New Year's. It's the yearly refresh. I was really excited to see James Cagney do something other than the typical thing I've seen him in. So that was pretty nice. And like the other characters and I don't know like any of them, but they all did a good job. Yeah, I thought everybody was really good in this movie. Everybody was really committed and everybody was really believable. Mm-hmm. For all, and then all the different time periods they went through, it was pretty believable. You know, James Cagney, I was never going to buy, was playing a 17-year-old. But, like, for the moment, they, like, sold it in this story or whatever. Absolutely. So, yeah. Every, everybody did a really good job. And, yeah, I do think James Cagney stand out, like, in his career. Really, really good performance. Mm-hmm. Disappears in this role. Really commits to it. Really is having a good time. And, and like... Crowd pleaser as well. I feel like the audience can really... I mean, I was really getting behind him. I was like, what a character. Oh, yeah. He's fun to watch. Yeah. He's just absolutely. a guy who's fun to watch. Absolutely. All the little tiny details of his gestures or his, his facial expressions. Yeah, yeah. He just... He moves so much. He's an actor. He's an actor. Artist. Artist. And it's fun to watch artists be good at the thing that they're good at. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like the whole thing that we've learned through this big old list. That's crazy. Do you have, like, anything other specific about it? I don't really have any It's so general. Like, no, yeah. yeah. It's just, like, it's a musical. It's a song and dance movie, but it's also a story about a persistent eccentric artist. Yeah. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Should we go on the rating it? I think so. I think we can. Go for it. Ooh. Ooh. But what would I give it? What would you give it? Do you have one? What? I don't. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay, I think I'm gonna give this four point five insufferable children out of five. <laughs> um, the only reason I'm not gonna do the extra half of a star is like for me, I don't know how frequently I will want to watch this again. Um, but it was like a nice time. It was it was talent and it was pretty enjoyable the whole way. Yeah, I would give this a five. 
insufferable artists out of five insufferable artists. Well, insufferable children grow into insufferable (laughs) artists. Um, And here we are today. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I just, I I liked it a lot. I thought it was fun. I feel like I would watch it again, especially if I was doing like a James Cagney run where I'm watching a bunch because I feel like I will do that every decade. Yeah, or so every few years, whatever. Um, So yeah, there's, this is a standout one. I really liked it. It was so watchable. I don't think I'm going to put this in my top ten or anything like that. But like, it's a five. I thought this movie was fucking solid. It was really well done. It was really entertaining. Everybody's really good in it. Told a good story. The songs are like ultra outdated, and I still found like the musical numbers entertaining and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, I think for this kind of movie, this was super successful. Mm-hmm. So for an old musical. A great James Cagney movie, five out of five. That's you get what you get, you know. It, yeah. It's a quality thing, and I was really excited to see the last, the last like couple on this list to be really enjoyable. I've had a lovely time rounding out the list. It was. I'm not gonna lie. Some of this big beast has been like pulling teeth. There was a period <laughs> it got really hard in the middle, like a lot of the similarly Even themed recently, movies and stuff. Like lots of westerns and things that just don't speak to us as moviegoers now. Exactly. Yeah, it was kind of rough and like... You know, when I get high, I want to put something on usually for pleasure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a movie like Shane doesn't feel like... Wow. Whoa. You're doesn't like- feel like pleasure. It feels like a job. He just straight up punched you guys right punch, in the face. Punch in the mouth. I mean, you may not even be able to hear us anymore, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not recording this again. So <laughs> Hopefully it's <We're> done. <laughs> My knee itch. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, and just just to say, this is the this is the last episode of the list films, but we may come back in a couple weeks just to do kind of like a reflection of the list as a whole. Maybe put on our thinking caps and take a look at the physical list together for the first time since we started it and like really in our brains kind of maybe reposition some honorable mentions, shout outs, things like that. That'll probably be an extra bonus episode that'll come out in the future. But I'm just thrilled to have 100 dedicated episodes. We watched every (laughs) single one of these movies and talked about every single one of these movies and it's like yeah really cool to have it's really made it it's really fun because i just like a random memory is that we watched pulp fiction really early on because we knew it was going to be 95 on the list Uh or 94 or something and we had plenty of time so we had we watched it during that was the only one we watched multiple times during this these past couple years yeah i think so i think that was the only one outside of unless like we watched jaws again or star wars again that's true but that would have been on the back half yeah well watching them during this time while we were recording the only one was pulp fiction yeah which is obviously obviously (laughs) yeah i mean so much of what we're talking about is like honestly just scratching the surface so we almost really do have to commit a whole episode to all of like sort of what went into it, the behind the scenes for us. And then, yeah, like reevaluating the list as a whole yeah, and everything like that. And those standout movies like 
Pulp Fiction. And then I'm probably going to talk about some of the standout movies like Annie Hall and MASH, which I've found to be great. We'll go. We'll definitely go to Matt's Miserable Corner. Absolutely. I got to talk about a few of them that really drove me nuts. Yeah. Because this list isn't perfect, let's be honest. Oh, no, it's far from it. But that's like kind of the fun part. It's like we're, we're just two stoners in our apartment, you know going so harsh and critical on the greatest films. And look, I'm not going to learn anything if I just tune in and like everything I see. I need to be miserable for some of these because then it's like... It pushes your boundaries. Exactly. And I'm I'm watching stuff that maybe I normally wouldn't give any chance to. And sure, I don't like it, but it's like, I've seen it now. I can talk about it. I can tell you why I don't like it as opposed to just being like a stick in the mud. I feel like this also like shows... It was almost like a history lesson of just American culture a little bit. Yeah. And what themes, it really shows what themes like echoed way louder or were represented way louder in this kind of litmus like gathering of things. Um, So like, I think that's why naturally we're frustrated by certain like, like themes like just war and whatever, but those themes really rippled through. It made a significant mark and it, it rippled through like mental health and, well, yeah, so, social, economic, like there's so many broad themes that are connected to it. That's why they're so present. Yeah, and I think it's like because you know, just to pull it war again as an example, because there are so many on the list. The reason most of these are on the list is because sort of they're progressive for the time, anti-war, yes, or anti-like neglecting veterans type stances. You know, like really. First time movies were addressing those things. And yeah, it's sort of miserable as a viewer, but it is, it's culturally still significant, you know? Like, it's like, you don't want to be faced with all those things, but it's like they are on the list because we did need to talk about best years of our lives. Like, these people that we just, you know, are like, oh, good, they went over. Thanks for your service. We're like, we're ruined, and we have to like really examine these people. And yeah. Is it, like, absolutely miserable to watch a three-hour movie of these people having their souls sucked from them? Yeah, yeah, it's really, but at the same time, necessary to sort of tell the honest and a progressive view of the American experience. Yeah, the American human life experience mm-hmm. based on, like, so many different avenues. And it can be, it, like, we're going to get into it, but it can be very diversified. It needs to be way more diverse, but, like, you know... It's a slice. It's a slice of it. Yeah. It, and, and I think it, we covered a lot of topics. And yeah, I'm smarter for it. I'm going to know. I know way more references now. There's it's crazy. There were so many things in regular pop culture. Yankee Doodle Dandy, for yes. example, a grand old flag that were stuff that we almost were ingrained in knowing. But now we have. A frame of reference of like this is where it came from like i literally knew as a kid i'm ready for my close-up mr deville and not like dot on animation exactly you've seen it in the cartoon and now i know that it's sunset boulevard yeah and that movie is like so powerful and the performance is amazing and it's like this deranged woman by the end of it just like gone mentally it's delicious and uh, now I have that as in my little arsenal. <laughs> yeah, and I like I uh, like I said when I was talking about like negatives 
like positives too. I, now when I'm talking about these movies, I can cite specific examples and I really have a good frame of reference for sort of like what is the base level of you know the movies that this institute thinks are required yeah. feelings. Now I have sort of this. I've seen them all. I could talk about any of these classics and like. with with actual opinions and facts and things I know behind them and not just pop culture. And then if I can't remember any of the movie because I was too high, there's an episode about <laughs> it. <laughs> At one point or another, this is how I felt. I, I explored my... <laughs> um, how thrilling. But yeah, so I think like we're already going into a bunch of kind of conversation starters for a longer episode. So there will be something like that. We want to get settled into our new year. So I'm not going to promise a date because I'm not going to follow it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're count on us being two months later minute anyway. So. so when we have a minute, we'll reflect. And so if you want to, you can subscribe to it, I think, and it'll notify you when it's in or just find it whenever it appears to you. And we'll have a little bit deeper of a conversation about the impact of this list and the journey that we've had with it. And if you've come in on the back half here, there's a whole rest of this Oh, there was a wacky time. I feel like we were loose and crazy. You really, and you can really get to know us. If you like us, I mean, it's kind of like we treated every episode like hanging out with our friends and just telling life stories and going on crazy tangents. Yeah. Talking about Batman Forever, which we did watch again. For New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure it's watching a hundred movies with you and learning. Whenever it gets quiet, just know that Matt and I are shaking hands. Yes, and we are once again. Congratulations on watching one hundred stuffy, but also you know significant movies with me. Oh, I'm so thrilled that we've come to a close. It just feels like the closing of a new chapter. And it's so awkward, I don't want to walk away. It's the last time. Yeah, it's the last time we're going to talk about a singular movie. Oh my gosh, oh, unless we do a Batman Forever one. Yeah, well, That's we'll probably see. the only thing I would ever do. I don't ever want <laughs> no to do promise. this again. I don't <laughs> no ever promise. want to do this again. <laughs> yeah, I. you won't hear my voice for a really long time on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Let's fade into obscurity right now. Are you ready? I'm, I'm not obscurity, but podcast obscurity, yes. Yeah. <laughs> let's fade into the void right now. Yes, let's. Let us go. Do you have anything else to tell the people? You know, I, want, I did say one thing a couple episodes ago, and I think it's important to state again, and it's the last, the last thing I want to leave you with. But I will tag an extra message to it as well. And it is simply stay hydrated and be excellent to each other. Be most excellent to each other. And that's all I have to say to people. And until next time. We've been high. We've been high. And we'll be again. <laughs> we will be for the end of time. Oh. Bye. Bye.